We really should be in Genesis talking about the aftermath of the flood, but we're going to save that for next week because this week, our Torah portion this week is really just the best. I mean, they're all great, right? Every, every passage is great, okay? Don't uh, misquote me on that, all right? But there's something very special about this one, and we're not going to cover it all in our message, just a little tiny bit of it, and it will be our Torah study uh, uh, today. It's in uh, a Devarim, Deuteronomy, and it's chap- basically it is a chapter 4, 5, and 6, basically, and par- part of 7, but mostly 4, 5, and 6. Now, if you read the Jerash that we send out, or if you've studied Deuteronomy, you know that uh, the, uh, the whole book is put together, really, uh, in the form of a treaty between a benevolent king and his uh, subjects and his people. And there's different parts of the book, and I'm not going to go through all that, but I will just say that the beginning of the book, the first three chapters, where we read about uh, God giving the Jewish people... Now, remember where they are. They're right there at, uh, on, on the plains of Moab. They're ready to go into the land... Uh, and uh, uh, they've received the Torah already, but now Moses gives a series of sermons, basically, a series of messages explaining the meaning of the Torah. It's not really just a second rendition of the Torah. It really isn't. Uh, it would be uh, just like is, uh, if I'm giving a message on a text, I'm not writing the text again, you know, uh, I'm, I'm talking about it, and so we, we, we talk about the words. And very importantly, that is really what Deuteronomy is about. The first three chapters are not meant to simply be a history. It is meant to teach them about their history, to teach them about God's faithfulness while they constantly failed, that God is faithful. And so right there on the plains of Moab, Moses is saying to them, now remember how God brought your parents out of Egypt and sustained you all these years, and now here we are, okay? And also, in those first three chapters, he reminds them that you passed by this place, but that's not the land that God gave you. You passed by this place, and that's not the land that God gave you. You passed by this place, and that's not the land that God... It says over and over, and that's not the land that God gave you. This is the land that God gave you. And he's brought you to this place. Now, the purpose of that is to get them all charged up. Like, yeah, okay. Like a pep talk. Like the coach in the locker room before the game or at the halftime. You know, look at, look at this, look at this, you know. And uh, one of these days, uh, days will eventually run out. But one of these days, and I say this over again, I would love to memorize the Newt Rockney speech. Uh, you know, in, uh, you know, the Notre Dame uh, story, the story there, Notre Dame, hit him high, hit him low, that whole, you know, and that's what a coach does, right? A coach gets the best out of the, out of the players, out of the people involved, right? And so that is what Moses is, is doing here. He knows what they're like because even uh, a little bit today, uh, and then when we get to the end of Deuteronomy, when you get to the end of reading Deuteronomy, he repeats it, he says, I know what you're like, and I know what's going to happen when you go into the land, you know? But uh, he encourages them 
uh, uh, with his words to remember the faithfulness of God. Remember the faithfulness of God. So when we come to chapter 4, he begins now this exhortation. So chapter, really chapter 4 through 11 is an exhortation of devotion to God, of faithfulness to God. And it's really like a, uh, like a sermon. He is exhorting them. It's almost like a, you might read in a New Covenant letter, like what you read in chapter 4. You know, when Paul or James is exhorting the people to be obedient, to love God, to be devoted to Him, to follow Him. That's exactly what Paul... It's like, it's like Moses' epistle uh, here in chapter 4. Okay? So I just want to say a few things about it today. And I would encourage you to read it. And I will just say, chapter 4, just by itself, I, if you are one uh, who likes to memorize texts, chapter 4 is fantastic. Now, I know that this is the Torah portion with the Shema, so we should just talk about the Shema, right? We should just talk about the Shema. To appreciate the Shema, you have to understand that it is the culmination of really what he talks about in chapter 4 and chapter 5. It's like climbing up a mountain, and the mountaintop is Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and love God with every, every bit of your being, you know, and teach your children. He says that all the way through, he weaves it in, chapters 4 and 5, and really even the beginning of chapter 6. And then, so then chapter 6 is like bringing it home, you know, putting it all together, you have the Shema. Uh, and, uh, and so I would encourage you to read chapter 4. So I just wanted to uh, mention a few things here. First of all, you'll notice at the beginning of chapter 4, uh, it says at the beginning, And now, O Israel, listen. Right? And now, O Israel, listen. All right? If you go to the beginning of chapter 5, it says, Then Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel. So at the beginning of chapter 4, it says, O Israel, listen. And then at the beginning of chapter 5, it says, Hear, O Israel. Then we come to chapter 6 in verse 4. Hear, O Israel. So that is a great observation to make in the text. There's even another one. But in this portion, you have a trilogy of Shema Yisrael. Okay? It's on purpose. It's not a coincidence. Sometimes it's written Yisrael Shema, and another time it's written Shema Yisrael, and then here you have Shema Yisrael. Listen, O Israel, listen, O Israel, listen, O Israel. And what we read in chapter 4 and what we read in chapter 5 is explaining, is giving more of the details of the, what we call the Shema. Okay, so we want to look here at chapter 4 today. So he says, and now, so now he's given this, uh, this history, and he, exp- he also, as we'll see, explains that uh, he's asked God, it's pretty transparent, Moses is, you know, he asks God, begs God to let him in the land, begs God. You know, uh, it is interesting, it, it, there in, um, in chapter 3, in verse 23, where it says, I also pleaded with the Lord at that time to enter the land, pleaded. He begged, begged God uh, to enter the land. It's a very strong word, okay? Uh, uh, It wasn't just, 
you know, could I go into it? He begged God. He wanted to go into the land. But God said no. And isn't it amazing that Moses does not then become discouraged, disheartened, discontented? He, conti- he realizes that what God is doing is bigger than his own desires. What God is doing was bigger than his own desires. So what does he do? He teaches the people because he knew that's what his calling was. And there are many who are teachers who have great disappointments in their, li- in their personal lives, uh, who uh, have uh, thorns in the side, who have uh, regrets like anybody else, and sometimes discouragement. But how important it is to realize that it's a calling. And so therefore, uh, when God calls us uh, in this way, that it's bigger than myself. It's not about me. It's about what is the calling on our lives. And any of you who serve in any kind of capacity, and hopefully that should be 100% of everybody, need to realize that there may be times when we beg God for something, and he says no. And in Moses' case, it might be, well, what's fair is fair. It doesn't work. Fair is not in the book, okay? Fair, uh, according to our, uh, our desire, is what's good for me. That's what fair is. That is not what is in the Bible, okay? What is in the Bible is we get to participate in what God is doing. What a blessing it is to simply be able to participate in what God is doing. That means when we embrace Yeshua, that's the the beginning of that sentence. When we embrace Yeshua, we get to participate. It doesn't mean we get everything we want. It doesn't mean that life is now going to be squeaky clean and, you know, this is what's mine, this is what I get, and this is what I deserve. It's we get to participate. The blessing is life with God forever. The blessing is resurrection. But we get to participate. And that is the attitude of Moses. That is the attitude of Moses. And by the way, of course, that's the attitude of Yeshua. Right? Did Yeshua live an easy life? No. He never got married. He was unappreciated. Uh, He was rejected. Uh, He was in pain. He suffered. He died a very ignoble kind of death in the world of that first century that became interpreted for us by the Ruach as he died for my sins. That, That was not something you saw happen when he died. He died Uh, a humiliating death. But of course, we know that he was raised from the dead, right? Uh, uh, And that is our future as well. So we may be living a less than stellar from our own standards life, but we will also be raised from the dead. So on this side of it, we need to be like Moses. We need to be like Yeshua. We need to say, wow, I get to participate in the most important thing that there is. In the plan of God. All right. So Moses is now going, Moses explains that, and now beginning in chapter four, he takes it apart and explains how to live that way because when you put it all together in chapter four, five, and six, that is what he's saying. That's how you're supposed to live. That's what it means to be devoted to God. You know, dying to self is not a new covenant invention. Dying to self is right here. Moses died to self. What Moses is teaching in chapter 4, 5, and 6 is dying to self. Loving God is dying to self. Moses, uh, Paul, takes these concepts of the Torah 
and then just frames them around the coming of, of Yeshua. But recognize that it's right here in Deuteronomy. So he says, and now listen to the statutes in the beginning of chapter 4. And now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and judgments which I am teaching you to perform. Notice that's such an important little phrase. Listen to the statutes and judgments which I am teaching you to do in order that you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord your God of your fathers is giving you. So he's not simply giving them a law code. Here's laws. He says, I'm teaching you how to do these things so that you, how you can walk in God's way so that you can live and possess the land and have success in the land. The same kinds of things that we would say, right? When we uh, give an exhortation. It's, listen, live this way so, you, so that you will have success in fulfilling what God's calling is on you. Not by the world standards, as we'll see. He goes on to say, You shall not add to the word which I am commanding you, nor take away from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I uh, uh, command you. Which is a word that would have been in any kind of those ancient treaties. In other words, don't change it, right? Now, obviously, as, as uh, time goes on, uh, God gives more revelation. God gives, there's more words to come. But what he's saying is don't change the covenant. The promise is the promise is the promise. Okay? Now, he goes on to say, Your eyes have seen what the Lord has done in the case of Baal Peor. For all the men who followed Baal Peor, the Lord your God has destroyed them from among you. But you who held fast, held fast, that's what we read about uh, a husband leaving his father and mother and clinging to his wife and becoming one flesh. Again, the husband and wife example in the beginning of Genesis, the terminology is used to describe our relationship with God, holding fast, clinging to. Okay, uh, But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. Now there's something to say right here, and we're just going to make a few comments because our time is pretty short. And, uh, and that is this. Here and a little farther down, what he's going to do is, the theme of this is remember. Yes, be devoted. But how? What is the how of being devoted to God, of dying to self, of living for the Lord, and recognizing that we get to participate in what he's doing? Remembering the great things that God has done. Okay? Remembering the great things that God has done. It's very interesting. He wants them to know the word, but their motivation, what, what gives them the drive. You know, it's kind of like, uh, remember when, uh, if you're old enough to remember, uh, I remember coming home for lunch from school because uh, a rocket was going to go up, you know, a NASA rocket, right? Uh, uh, before all, the, you know, the, uh, the, the different things that... that, that, that you know, that happened today, when it was like a rocket, right? Remember it would go up and there would be these boosters, right? And then the boosters would drop off, you know, right? Okay? Uh, and so the, it would propel the rocket, you know, through the atmosphere, right? So these experiences, now they don't drop off into the ocean and are meaningless or something, but they serve to propel, propel us 
to continue to move forward. Someone just telling you truth is, of course, extremely important. Very, very important. Of course, we, have to, we need to know the truth. Apologetics. Eric, I know you're here somewhere. Apologetics, very important, right? Extremely important. Moses is telling them the truth, okay? But just like we would say when we're teaching, a, 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 a giving a reasons why we believe, what do we say about Yeshua? The main reason we believe historically, the resurrection. The resurrection of Messiah. A historical event, right? And so what Moses is doing is saying, remember what God has done. Remember the great moments in your history. Okay? So the first one is right here. Remember what God did at Baal Peor. Right? Because they're still basically in that area. Uh, and they remembered it, that God judged the people. So remember to follow the way of the Lord. Remember. And he's writing it also to us. Now, we were not there, but yet we realize this is indeed what God has, has done. Right? So then in verse 5, he says, See, I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do thus in the land where you are entering to possess it. So keep and do them, for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as is the Lord our God whenever we call on Him? Or what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law which I am setting before you today? Only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, but uh, make them known to your sons and your grandsons. Okay. So uh, we see here something really interesting. Uh, he mentions this great nation over and over. Great nation. Great nation. I'm holding back. Anyway, this great nation. Okay. What makes a great nation? But I'm repenting. Okay. All right. Now we're good. All right. So what makes a great nation, right? Well, we know in our world, when we think about being a great nation, you got to have a great military to be a great nation, right? If you're going to be a great nation, you, uh, you know, you have to be, you have to have a great economy because as we all know, it's all about the economy. Stupid, Right? We've all heard that phrase, right? Uh, being bipartisan as I am. Uh, I, and, I, and so there you go. And you can think of a lot of other things that makes for a great nation, right? You can think of, there's all kinds of things that we could think of, right? There's all kinds of things that are taught to us of what makes a great nation, right? But it's very interesting what we have here about being a great nation. What does it say? It says here, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Why? Notice it says, keep and do, verse 6, keep and do them, for that is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, 
who will hear all these statutes and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God whenever we call on him? Again, what great nation is there that has statutes and judgments as righteous as this whole law which I am setting before you today? And so he relates being a great nation to walking in the derech Adonai, in the, the way of the Lord. To be a great nation is to walk in the way of the Lord that flies in the face of everything that we know, right? That's why he says, because it, fl it flew in their face too. Because remember this, that every other culture around them had gods of wood and stone. Their God was invisible. They have an invisible God. But what is it that the nations would see is that their God is benevolent, that their God loves them, their God cares about them. That is what Israel, that is what is, what is to make Israel a great nation. What happens in history? What happens? They end up, it's a sad story. They end up going into captivity. Why? Because of turning away from God. See? Uh, and so very important uh, uh, for us to see. So he says, very importantly, this great admonition, only give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently. Heed and keep are the same word in Hebrew. Heed and keep. Shamar. Different, different forms of the word. Shamar means to, to guard. Guard. Okay? So when it says give heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently, it means Guard yourself. Guard your thoughts. Guard what you see. Guard what you hear. Guard what comes inside of you. Don't get sold hook, line, and sinker into what the, cult, the surrounding culture tells you will make you great. But pay attention to me over and over again. Remember, again, the entire book of Deuteronomy is written from the point of view of a, of a treaty of a king and his subjects. God is the king. God is the king. Israel is his subjects. Israel is his people, right? And so the, the, thing, it, the success of a nation is devotion to the king. The success of a nation is devotion to the king. This king. Everything needs to be judged in relationship to what does this king think? And that is what Moses is communicating. Now, the rest of the, most of the rest of the chapter is a, a reiteration of Sinai because he wants them to remember that great moment in their history. Remember Sinai. Remember when God came, when God appeared. Remember when God showed up. And as Messiah followers, I'll say two things. One is we need to remember Sinai too. <laughs> you know, we need to rem that's why we do what we do in our service, right? We need to remember Sinai too, this great moment, this great covenantal moment. But we have the vantage point of the coming of the Messiah. We have the vantage point of Yeshua. And so, therefore, we remember Sinai but we also remember the inbreaking of God's kingdom in the person of Yeshua, in his life, in his death, and his resurrection. See? And so that is our point of, uh, you know, that, that is our anchor 
to remember that and that it is really true. Uh, and to be able to read those eyewitness accounts and recognize that it is indeed really true. That's why we need to know the Word of God. But finally, beyond that, when we embrace Yeshua, we all have our own, we, we all have our own history, right? We have a communal history here at Beth Messiah, but we all have our own history. We need to remember the moments when God works in our lives. Listen, I know, when I look around the room, I know, if, if you've been coming here, you know I know you, right? I know. And I know that all of you, at some time or another, have had a wonderful moment of God interacting in your life. Hopefully it is recognized when you recognize that uh, Yeshua is the Messiah and that, you know, he forgave all of your sins, right? And that the Spirit of God indwells you and knowing that and experiencing that in varieties of ways, perhaps a victory over something or something that took place, write it down because there's going to be other times when you're going to be in the desert and in the wilderness and you need to remember those other times. You need to remember them. You need to like reiterate them like, like Psalm 103, 4, 5, 6, and 7. I encourage you to read it because it talks about all the great things that God you know, did in history, in Bible history. But write your own Psalms. Write your own story about what God has done. David, you know, uh, has a very difficult life, but he remembers the great things that God has done in his life, even though he's living a difficult life. And that is what Moses is saying. Be anchored in that. Be anchored in that. And may I suggest, just in closing, is that Moses is such a great example of that. Think about that. Moses is going to die in the land. He says, God was angry at me because of you. But he was angry at me, he says. He doesn't say, God, look what you made me. Or he doesn't say to the people, look what you made me do. He says, God was angry at me, right? But Moses is a, a man of God, a man of repentance. And Moses accepted what the king said to him. He accepted it. And he went on with what God called him to do. And he died, we know. But we also know that he appears with Yeshua, right, on the Mount of Transfiguration. And we know that Moses, is, this is not the end of Moses' story, uh, that Moses is alive indeed with God. And uh, God continues to use Moses uh, to this day. And how important that is for us and how important it is for us to remember the life of Moses and to read this exhortation. And may we keep God's word in our heart. May we guard our hearts. May we guard our minds. May we uh, judge everything we see uh, and hear about through the lens of God's word. May we heed ourselves. And may we uh, keep our souls. Guard our souls. Guard our inner person. So that we can live we can live in this culture, but live above the muck and mire, as we say. You know, live above the dirt. Live, live above the sound bites. Uh, live uh, above the conventional wisdom. And may the world see us and say, there is wisdom. There is wisdom. There is victory. There is what we would call success. And so there is an exhortation from Moses to us. Uh, may we uh, take it and hide it in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, God.
that you, are, you have allowed us to participate in what you're doing. Lord, may we be encouraged by Moses' attitude that yes, he was disappointed and he's transparent about being disappointed. Uh, but Lord, thank you that we see that he continues on and he fulfills his calling. Lord, we may be disappointed about things in our life, but may we fulfill our calling of being a good wife, of being a good husband, uh, of uh, being a good testimony at our job of serving uh, selflessly here in, at Beth Messiah, Lord. And, and, may we, and may we see it bear fruit. Lord, uh, may we heed the words of Moses. May we uh, never forget uh, your word. And may we never forget not only your word, but what, how you have interacted in this world. May we never forget the good news. May we never forget that Yeshua came into this world and that he took away our sins. And he rose from the dead. And he gives us now the Ruach HaKodesh and, and victory over sin in our lives, even if we struggle. Lord, I pray, God, that we would always remember that. Lord, we live by what have you done for me lately. You live by what you've done. Lord, may we, may we remember it. May we hide it in our heart. And may it give us victory. For, Lord, we live in a tough world. We live in a tough, tough world. But, God, thank you that you see us through it. And Lord, we thank you, God, for Dawn and for Henry and Marguerite, Lord, uh, who move forward uh, in the midst of life's challenges, who move forward in, in the calling that you've given them, uh, Lord, and realize the privilege of having the opportunity to serve you in what you're doing. Lord, may they be role models for us all. We pray in Messiah's name.